You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Um, again, if you haven't met me, I think a lot of you have met me, but let me just introduce myself. I'm Deborah Layton, and, um, and, or Deborah Hill, you can call me either one. I answer to both, and I'm the director of women's ministry here at Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you're visiting, we're really glad to have you. You can come anytime. We have speakers and Bible studies and even a retreat, and um, you're welcome to come and take part of any of that. You can find out about it all on our church website. Um, and we have another event coming up that's just for women coming up next month, at the beginning of next month in November. And this is similar to this, except there's no lunch. Sorry, just coffee and uh, light pastries. There are two times you could come at 7 o'clock in the morning uh, before everything else happens. Um, and that would be at Cranmer House in Homewood. Or you can come here to the church at 930. It's the same talk, the same session. And the person who's speaking on November 3rd for our fall coffee is Stella Schreiber. Many of you know her. Stella is an adventurer. She is the leader here within the church. She's on staff for pastoral care, and she's also working on a degree in counseling. So she really gets people, and she really gets relationships. And she's going to be talking about um, both in light of Scripture and in light of um, God's great love for us in Jesus Christ. And so her title for her talk is Longing and Loneliness, Finding Ourselves in the Garden of Gethsemane. She's really going to be talking about relationships and the longing for relationships here on this side of heaven um, and when relationships fail us and what we can hope for through relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So don't miss that. Take this with you. And feel free to take two and give one to a friend and invite a friend. Um, and then the second event that's coming up is before that. This is for everyone, so you can bring your husband. This is a big party that we're throwing because, if you're not aware, this is the 500th anniversary of the start of the Reformation in 1517 when Martin Luther posted his 95 theses on the door of the church in Wittenberg. So if you would like to come out and celebrate, there will be a great program from our dean uh, along with Gil Cracky and Mark Ginolette. Take one of these with you. Give it to someone else. Go ahead and make sure to RSVP because if you'd like to eat, um, you definitely need to RSVP and sign up beforehand. Uh, my final announcement is about our, um, our visioning booklets. If you haven't received these, there are plenty over here to my left. Um, if you have received one but know of someone who's at home and hasn't been able to get to church, or if you have another friend who prays and you'd like to give them one, or if you have a friend that you'd like to tell about our church, take it and give it to them. The first booklet tells about our, um, our statement of purpose, who we are as a church. Um, and the second book talks about how who we are plays out into different areas of our life together. So um, different kinds of ministry areas. So talking about outreach and shepherding and worship, among others. And then the third booklet is um, the most important one, in a sense, because the third booklet is actually a devotional booklet. And it's a way for us as a whole church to pray together um, for each other and for ourselves, our vision as a body of Christ. Um, and so every week, every day of every week, there is a little devotional. Um, and so if you're praying that and catching, keeping up with that, you're praying it with hundreds of other 
believers here at the Advent, which is a wonderful thing to think about. So again, we're in week three of this. It's not too late. We're on Wednesday of week three. Go ahead and when you pick it up, you can catch up very easily or just start um, where it is right there. And now um, I'm going to turn it over to Anlin Langlow, who is the ECW president for this year. And if you don't know what the ECW is, it's a funny acronym. It means Episcopal Church Women, which means us. It's all of us. So if you're not sure if you're part of the ECW, you are. If you come to the Advent, you are. Sorry, you are. Um, but it's, so it's a funny acronym just to say this is a way that we gather all together just as women, no men allowed. And, um, and we have different events and things coming up, and Anlin will tell you some more about this. Thank you, ladies, for coming today. Um, I really don't have that much to say, but I mostly thank you. Um, I love these luncheons, and um, thank you, Chantal, for being here. We're so excited about your message. Um, I was going to point out to you, since you are members of the ECW, whether you like it or not, (laughs) your calendar of events is listed on a page in the front of the parish directory which you may or may not know, but it's very handy. The parish directory, the one that's green this year, which you can pick up over there if you haven't. Has, it does every year. It took me years before I realized this. It has a calendar of events of all the ECW things that are going on. Um, so just consult that um, you can from mark time your to time. Now. You can mark your calendar now for the whole year. Um, additionally, inside this lovely, handy directory that we go to the trouble of printing every year is the list of all the guilds that the ECW supports. All the guilds are under the ECW, and they range from service guilds to just more fellowship-type guilds. And even the fellowship guilds have service components to them. And hopefully, for those of you that have been involved or engaged enough in the church, you know about our guilds and the guild structure. Um, they're roughly based on your age, especially the fellowship guilds. Um, but it's kind of also about the stage you are in life. It's about connecting with the people that you know you consider your peers. So um, the guilds are all described in the parish directory as well. Um, and if you haven't connected with your guild and are interested, please look at that and consider there's a person in charge of every guild. Um, and um, you can certainly reach out to them if you want to connect and find out what they do. And lastly, I would just like to thank, I have other people that help me, Deborah being the main one, but um, I have a treasurer, Ann Campbell, who's in the back and has helped me tremendously today. Um, Shannon Listenby is the vice president of the ECW, and she arranged for this lovely meal, and she's not here because her younger child um, is very sick this morning. So we're sorry about that, and we'll pray for her. I mean, she's got croup or something, you know, not, not life-threatening, but let's, we'll say a prayer and keep her in our prayers. And, um, and then Elizabeth Reed is our um, secretary for the third year running. So those of you that have been involved, you know you get emails or communications from her, and we're thankful for that. And that is all. Thank you so much, again, for coming out today. Oh, one more. <laughs> is anyone sitting near a box lunch that has not been consumed? You have uh, one? Yes. Um, there's one left. Okay. Is that yours? Well, no, it's not mine. I don't care, but there's a couple of people that have come in late that I, well, I at least okay. want to make sure someone gets one. Okay, thank you, Ann Lynn. Um, if you took a lunch but maybe didn't, could, do consider paying for your lunch if you took one without planning on taking one or letting us know that you're taking one. Yes. Um, and I'm, you all know Susan Elliott, but I'm just so glad Susan's here. Susan's going to tell us a little bit about our speaker this morning. Susan, if you are not aware of it, Susan is one of the few um, senior wardens that we've had over the course of the last several years that's a woman. 
And she's exercised wonderful godly leadership in our church for many years, but especially in recent years as senior warden. So she's um, she has also been to Rwanda, and so she's going to tell us a little bit about our speaker today. Susan. Good morning, friends. Um, it's such a pleasure and an honor to be asked to introduce Chantal. Um, I love Chantal and Bishop Mabanda, and uh, we're just so blessed to um, have this friendship and this ministry with Rwanda. Um, they have so much to teach us, and um, I'm so grateful for all that the Advent has done with Rwanda and um, that all you have done um, through your stewardship and your prayers for that country. Um, you are all a part of that ministry, whether you have been to Rwanda or not. So um, I first met Bishop and Chantal in July when I traveled with a small group led by Bethany uh, to Rwanda. Uh, Chantal only knew Bethany from our group, and yet the welcome that we received from her and the hospitality was so generous and so genuine. It was amazing. And this was also during the time that she was planning a very elaborate wedding um, for her only daughter. And um, you'll have to ask Chantal about that because the African custom of marriage is really incredible uh, and, and quite involved. Um, she met us at the airport after our long flight. She checked in on us uh, every day over the course of our visit. Um, she spent time with us. She arranged an incredible luncheon for us at her beautiful home um, in the midst of what was a very busy time for her. Um, Chantal is such a talented and a gifted woman in a lot of ways. She is also a fabulous interior designer. She has a great eye for color and a wonderful sense of detail. Um, her home is exquisite. She has greatly helped our friends, the Magishas, with their home. Um, in making it suitable and lovely, as um, our friend Sam will become the Bishop of Rwanda next August. And she has um, set them up for success in every way, as has Bishop Mabanda. Um, one of my favorite things about Chantal is that she has known uh, plenty, and she's also known want. And she has really trusted God in everything. Um, so I want to read you, if, if you haven't had a chance to read this book, it's just incredible. Um, Anna Cook's reading it right now. She can tell you more about it. But um, I strongly recommend this book. It's just amazing. But um, Bishop Mabanda writes about a time that his family was in Colorado Springs, and they were really living the American dream. And um, this is what he says. Um, as content as we were, we never clung to that life. It's not that we feared it would be taken away. God has always provided for us, even in our most dire time. We lived without focusing on material things, but on the richness of love, friendships, family, education, and opportunities to serve. In doing so, we have experienced the words of Jesus, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Thank you, Chantal, so much for being with all of us. I greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Um, if I were in Rwanda, people would start thinking, oh, she's going to start crying. And I did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I sometimes say that's one of my gifts that God has given me. I cry a lot. I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I'm sad. Um, so thank you so much for the lovely words that you just said. For just I bring you greetings to to you all from the Mogishas family, from Jackie and Bishop Sam, um, that you all may know, and also greetings from the Shira Diocese as a whole. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I don't deserve to be standing here. I was staying there in the office. Um, the opportunity given to me uh, to stand here and share what God is doing in us and through us. Thank you for the opportunity. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, we just want to thank you and praise you for your love to each one of us. Thank you for this opportunity to stand here in front of my sisters and share what you have put in my heart. I pray that I'll be a vessel for you the words that will come from me will be coming from you. I just speak them. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will work in our hearts. Come and join us. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. A little bit about myself and my family. My name is Shantan Banda. Is it? It's good. We can Come hear on. Everyone hear her. <laughs> um, my name is Shantan Banda, like they have said. I love Jesus. He's my personal savior. I am married to uh, Lauren Banda. We've been married for 34 years. And we had a lovely life together. Uh, like she said, we thanks and we fight things. But the main thing, we love each other and enjoy each other. God has blessed us with 31 children. <laughs> 31. Yeah, I get this everywhere I go. When I say 31, case people go, yes, 31. Um, three are birth children, and 28 are orphans that we've been taking care of uh, since we moved to Africa in 2005. We moved to Africa 2005 after living here in the state for over 20 years. My husband came to school, and after school, um, he got a job. We worked with Compassion for many years, and like Susan said, lived our dream life that we never expected uh, we're going to have. But our guy is good. He knows what we need, when we need it, and provides it. Um, but after over 20 years, we were not satisfied. Deep inside, we knew God wanted us to go back to Africa and minister to our people, because that's why we had come to school here in the first place. We packed up, like she said, we had a beautiful home, 
big land, we had cars, we had everything you dream for. He had a very good paying job. But we knew that our God who has given us that job was going to take care of us even in Rwanda. We left everything because uh, when we first got married, our verse was Joshua 24, stating that we will serve the Lord anytime, anywhere. And we had decided we would never live in a place and be so comfortable to where our roots will go deep and be hard to uproot when God says go. We were ready to go anytime, even now. You know, people will say, how long are you going to stay in Rwanda? We don't know. God knows. When he says go, we'll go. If he says go to China, we'll go to China. Wherever he says, we'll go. So we moved to Rwanda. And to cut a long story short, um, the church invited my husband to be a full-time minister or to become a bishop. We were living compassion that had a big pain job to going into the church. Um, it's different than here. Here, whether you're a pastor or working where you, you get a salary, back home it's, it's nothing. At first, because we are human, we wondered, what are you doing, God? Now from a salary to nothing, but we remembered what we said. We remembered our commitment. So we left Compassion and joined the church where we have been for the past eight years. And we are thankful to the Lord for what he has been able to use us. Not just us, we are the vessel. God has used all of you and many others to help us to bring the diocese that was in a not so good of a situation to what it is now. So thank you for your part in it and thank you for your partnership, for your love, for your prayer, for standing with us to bring the gospel to further God's kingdom. Thank you. My husband became a bishop uh, 2010, uh, the end of the year, in October. With him being a bishop, I became the Mother's Union president. Whether you want it or not, it's yours. <laughs> I think here is a little bit different. Uh, you know, when you are pastor's wife, you are working to, there's a job description for a pastor's wife, a bishop's wife, you have a job description. So I became the president for the Mother's Union, and I was handed everything that belongs to Mother's Union and what, you know. And so I had a job. Chantal, tell how many women that is. 
So Mother's Union, uh, you will ask what is Mother's Union? Mother's Union is, uh, is an organization actually throughout the world. I don't know if you have it here. Um, made out of Christian women who are there to seek and promote family. So in our diocese, actually, the country of Rwanda has 11 uh, dioceses, uh, ours being a Shia diocese. Um, in our membership, we have over 4,000 women in the Mother's Union. And so I am the president, I am mommy, that's how they call me. <laughs> Whether it's older women or younger women, older men, I, I am mommy. So that's my name, I get called mommy, uh, which is a ministry that I love, Mother's Union. Uh, so we focus on family. You may say, who gets to be a mother's union? It's, it's not, you don't just get it. You have to work for it. So mother's union, it's women. Since we focus on family, you have to be married uh, the right way, in a good way. You have gone to church, not just the government, but you have gone and gotten married into church so you can become a mother's union. So you apply and you go through a six months uh, course that we, we give, we have a book. And once you finish, then we have a ceremony where you get a certificate and you are a member of mother's union. And we do have a uniform that is just for the mother's union. We wear blue at the bottom and then white on top. So whenever we have a big function, um, that's what we have to wear. That's our uniform. Now we have other mothers' union who don't wear the blue and white. They wear green and white. And that is someone who have lived with her husband and they never went to church. And for whatever reason, her husband dies. Um, and she wants to become a mother's union once she has received Christ, she cannot wear the blue and white. She only gets to wear green and white. And the reason being, especially if she's young, then they have to monitor her behavior, her lifestyle, because a mother's union has to be a woman who carries herself like a God-fearing woman. So it's not, we don't give her that uniform of blue until we know she's going to behave like a mother's union, the way we, we behave. So her pastor can recommend her after many years mm -hmm. that she's a godly woman, and then we get to put her into a uniform. We have five aims and objectives that we go by. Uh, it's a booklet. We have five things that we focus on. And when we teach around, we go around the diocese teaching the Mother's Union. 
So on the diocese level, I'm the president. But we have district. So in our diocese, we have nine districts. On the district level, there's a president of Mother's Union. Then we have parishes. On the parish level, there is a Mother's Union. So the diocese level, the Mother's Union, we will plan lessons to go around the diocese visiting and teaching. It's not just women. We teach husband and wife because we are for family. In our lessons, we have some that touches the husband and the wife. So they all come. So the five aims and objectives are to promote and support married life. Like I was saying, we try to encourage people, you know, back home we have, actually I think here you, you do too, people who will live together, who have never gone to church, and they can live together for 20, 30 years, and for them it's okay. So we're trying to encourage them to make it official. To encourage parents in their Lord to develop the faith of their children. So we encourage mothers. We are the mom. We are the heart of the home. We encourage the women to teach their kids about Jesus Christ. To maintain a worldwide fellowship of Christians united in prayer, in worship, and service. We encourage the women to have Bible study where they can t get together and pray, uh, to worship God, and to do good service around and be witnesses in their home, in the community, in the church. To promote condition in society favorable to family and the protection of children. So as Mother's Union, we try to promote one another. Um, I don't know here, but back home, women are one are the ones who take care of their home. Many, especially in the rural area, you find husbands, they're just doing nothing, drinking, and their wives are the ones working. So we try to create little businesses that will uplift the living condition of the lives of the women so that the family can grow and live in a better uh, condition. So you have seen the ones who have come to Rwanda. Mother's Union, we do different things. We have crafts that we do. Uh, we teach them how to sew. Um, we give them small animal so that small animal can produce manure. We do different things just to try to uplift the women but more so we teach them how to go about it. Um, the last one is to help those families that are in need. Uh, we are vigilant. We are always ready to help. Uh, it's not helping, doesn't have to be financially, but to be available, to lend a hand to the one who needs uh, a hand a listening ear to the one who wants to talk. Because sometimes there's people who want to talk and they want you to hear, not to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Just to listen. 
uh, to pray. So we are there to help family needs. Um, so those are our five um, aims and objectives. And the way we do it is in the teaching. So we try to visit each district once a year as the diocese level. So it's you drive the ones who have been in Rwanda, it's a two hours to drive to where we are going. So the district will invite parishes in their area to come all together. So we might have four uh, parishes meeting in one area. So we'll go, we have, uh, sorry, we have like 400 to 600 people who have come to listen or to receive us. But we have husbands, we have wives, we have children who will come. So when we go there, the first thing we do is we share together God's word. So in most cases, uh, I preach to the people, or I might have someone else preaching. Again, because I'm the bishop's wife, they expect me to do it. <laughs> they expect me to be the one doing it. So sometimes I will delegate and ask someone else to do it. Um, then once we finish, in the group we are like eight to 10 people who go. So each one has a lesson that they are teaching. Again, it's our aim and objective. We are trying to get it deeper into the people, to get it. So I will teach, most of the time I, I teach on husband and wife, relationship between husband and wife. We talk about marriage, how a husband and wife can live in a way that is pleasing to God. Then someone can come and teach on living with the in-laws because <laughs> we do that. Yeah, we know it's difficult, so we, we, we have to be an example. As Mother's Union, we have to bear fruit. We are women of God. We have to bear fruits to our husbands. Some of them are married to uh, men who are not Christians. We have mothers-in-law who are difficult, or sisters-in-law, or whatever. We have to learn how to live with them. Uh, <laughs> uh, another one we teach the children, we have youth, so they will go on the side. We teach them on sex, God, and me, so we try to teach our kids to know how they behave, the godly kids, and know what to do and what not to do. Then someone will take, we have widows among us, you know, we don't um, separate them. So but when you are teaching husband and wife, the widows will go into their separate room. And that was done because, you know, at one time we did it together, all together, and there was a complaint. Why are you guys teaching about husband and wife when we don't have our husbands? That's not good. So we had to create a lesson for them that they go in a different um, room to learn. And then we teach on cleanliness, we teach on fineness, we touch every that can help us to live a way that is pleasing to God 
and also give us a full, enjoyable life is women. Now we go to our verse that I want to share with you today. So when Deborah was talking to me, she said, come and share with us about Mother's Union. So now is Mother's Union what we do every year? Um, we sit and we pick a verse that will, that will go by for the year. That verse we try to act it out. Uh, as it says, we try to act it out. And then we have competition. <laughs> we'll have competition. So like now in December, we'll have our district, our nine district. They're going to come to the diocese and they will compete. So each district will pick a parish from their district that they think will represent them the best way and send it. So we have nine uh, parishes, but they are representing their district at the diocese level. So they will come and compete, and they will show us what they have done using our aim and objective, and then the verse that we have for this year. And then we pick whoever wins. Uh, we'll give them, like last year, uh, the first one got a cow. And then a cow is a very big gift in our country. When you give someone a cow, it's like giving them a Mercedes. So <laughs> we, give him, we gave him a cow, and then we gave him uh, some money to go with it. But this is for Mother's Union. So it goes into the Mother's Union, um, and the cow, when it gives baby, they're giving to the poorest among them. So it's to try to, again, help each other. And the money is used for the ministry. Then we give them a trophy that says they have won. So this year they're coming back again for competition. So our uh, verse that we went by this year, uh, we find it in James 2, verse 14 to 18. Uh, if you have your Bible, you can turn, or I will read it. <clears throat> James 2, 14 to 18. What good is it, my brother and sister, if someone claims to have faith but has no deed? Can such a faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and dairy food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and well fed, but does nothing about their physical need, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have deed. Show me your faith without deed, and I will show you my faith by my deed. Deed speaks louder. I will show you my faith by my deed. I don't have to speak that I have faith. I will do, and you will see. The key here 
that James is talking about is genuine faith. Practical. Faith that leads to obedience in doing good work. When you obey God and obey God's commandment, we act. We all know that when we become a Christian, when you accept Christ as a Lord and Savior, we're given eternal life. Like in John 3:16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. When you receive Christ, we get eternal life. It's a free given. There's nothing else we have to do just to accept. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. James is not saying, you do good, then you'll be saved. No, that's not what he's saying. But the action of our faith has to be seen in what we do. James doesn't challenge Paul's word. His challenge is about genuine faith. You have faith, you show it in what you do, in your action where you live, as women, we have to be a witness. In our home, that's where we start. In our community, in our church. People who see us wonder what kind of, what makes that woman different and want to be like you. You don't have to speak loud, but your action can speak for you. The words of James are relevant today in our society. Because many people will say, I am a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. I even go to church. But in our action, the way we live, the way we act, our conduct, the way we speak, the way we treat people around us speaks differently than what kind of faith? What kind of testimony are you giving? Genuine faith needs to be demonstrated in the way we live, in the way we act, in what we do. Then people will see really, yes, she is a Christian, yes. She does believe in Jesus. We need to walk the talk. If I say I believe in Jesus, then I need to walk like someone who believes in Jesus. We need to walk the talk. We need to carry ourselves as women of God. We witness 
of what we do. We don't have to speak. You know, uh, I often tell people, or I will walk in a market, and people will go, oh, Mama Bishop. And I look at her and go, ew, I don't know them. <laughs> but they know me. So as Mama Bishop, I have to know that I am an open book. People look at me, and then they either have a question mark, hmm, <laughs> or, wow. So I have to know how to walk, how to behave at any time, everywhere, because people are watching. They're watching. As women of faith, women who love and believe in Christ, we need to walk the talk. Not to choose. Oh, if I'm a church, let me walk like this. But when I get out, let me do this now, at all times, whether you sin or not sin, because we know that God sees all. In First Corinthians 11:1, 1, Paul is challenging us to follow his examples as he follows Christ's examples. Follow my example is a pharaoh, the examples of Christ. When we read the word of God, it's not just to read it and put it aside. We read it so we get educated, and then we follow what we read to the T. James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. Do what the word says. As Christian, many times we wake up, we do our devotion every morning. You read, and then you go about it. It's like I have done my devotion. But what good did that devotion do to you? The word that you read, did you meditate on them? Did you act on them? Or did you just read them to finish your duty that you have done your devotion? Do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. Do what it says. Again, James is challenging us to obey God. Obedience. Obedience. We become a Christian, then we need to obey what God's word tells us. My sisters, it is not enough to believe and to say that I have faith. Faith that saves has to bear fruit. If I believe, if I have faith, where is the fruits? There is a verse uh, that says, I don't remember what it is. A tree that doesn't bear fruit, it's cut down and thrown. John 15. Uh-huh. So as Christians and believers, we have to bear fruits. Our faith has to be seen in what we do, not just I have faith. We have to bear fruit. 
true faith in Jesus produces actions that are similar to what Jesus will do. True faith in Jesus will cause us to reach those in need. We have seen the words that we read. We're given an example of seeing someone who is hungry and not clothed, and you said, go, I pray for you. And, and many times we do that as Christians. Oh, I will pray for you. Good, it's good. But if you pray for me, what about the needs? Now, I'm not saying that we all should have money to give. That's, I don't think that's what they're saying. It's the time to be willing, to be obedient, to listen. What is God telling me to do? We have to seek God's guidance. We have to pray and ask God to help us to discern what action we should take. I'm not saying you give to whoever you pass by. And you might not even have something to give, monetary or clothes, but what about your time? Time, give someone time. Some people need just your time, like I said, to pour out. Or to even show them, I care. I love you. Jesus loves you. What about praying for someone? What about visiting someone? Someone in the lonely place. We have so many people among us who are lonely. Who want someone just to visit them and to show them I care. That speaks loud. True faith in Jesus causes us to reach out to those in need. Hospital. I know you do it here. Many I you know I lived here. I had my babies here and People brought me food in the hospital. They even brought me food at home. That was a ministry. They were ministering to me. I know you do that. You take people to, you take food to people who have lost their loved ones or who had babies. That's very good. That's what we should do as believers. We need to act. Uh, going to the hospital to pray for someone who is sick, to encourage them, to take food. I don't know here, but back home we have people who will be in the hospital with no one to take food to them. And our hospitals doesn't provide food for people who are sick. So we have a ministry where every Wednesday we go to the hospital to feed people. Uh, and we feed from 40 to 70 people every week. And we take food, we pray with them, we encourage them, then we share the food that God has provided. But I don't think that's the main, it's not the food. It's just to show them we love you, we care for you. And he has ministered to so many. I remember one time uh, as we were feeding people online, this old lady, uh, I, I say it and I get cheered, she looked at me 
smiling. And I said, what is it? She said, it's not about food. And I said, what is it? She said, just for you to come and be with us means a lot. It's not the food. You have left your busy stuff to come and show us you care. Yes, food matters because we're going to be, you know, we're going to eat and get full, but your action to come and say you care, you love us, this is beautiful. This is what we should do. Um, my time, my time. <laughs> True faith in Jesus causes us to act, to do acts of kindness. So that's the hospital. We have built uh, as Mother's Union a home for someone who had quadruple. She was not an Anglican uh, lady, but that was our way to minister to her. And she started coming to our church. She had four kids. Um, so we did that. What James is teaching us is to be practical Christian, to live our lives in doing and acting and conducting ourselves as women who believe and obey God. So my friend, let us not just talk about our faith. Let's walk talk. Let's live it out. Let, let our faith show itself by what we do, the way we conduct ourselves. May God help us all. We are not perfect. We are on a journey. We, we are working toward the good work. So may God help us all to examine ourselves to see where we stand, whether it's in our family, in our community, in our church, and examine and change what needs to be changed so that we can be witness to the world. Remember, when people see our faith in action, they're more willing to listen when you talk about it. Thank you. May God bless you. People will want it. Yes. Are there any questions? Are there any? Oh, it's not on. <laughs> Are there any questions? Are there any questions for Chantal or Vanya? Yes, Lauren. <laughs> She's going to tell. I'm going to repeat the question for the audio. Uh, she's asked to tell to tell about the Tuesday night group that meets at your house. Yes. So um, this group was created because I was lonely. You know, it, with a position, you get lonely. So Bishop Bishop is put up there with his wife, <laughs> and everyone looks at him like a, a holy person, and no one touches you. And so I was getting lonely and away from family. So I wanted people that we can get together and pray uh, and where I can pour out. 
you know, pray for my family and our families, pray for the church, pray for the ministry. So I had four friends. We started praying on Tuesday, every Tuesday. We start around nine o'clock. We go up to six or seven. Nine a.m. Nine a.m. Six. Uh, we go up to six or seven. Uh, we start casually, you know, uh, talking, and then we get into the world and pray for the family. And it has been a blessing just to know and to look forward to Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, and phones are off, and so it's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that question, Lauren, for sharing that and for sharing. Any other questions for Chantal? Yeah, Nan. I know that your family went to Burundi. Is your family still there or have they gone back to Rwanda? Nan has asked where um, where her family is, that they're, that her family spent some time in Burundi. Um, and how is your family now? Actually, uh, my family, everyone is in Rwanda. After uh, 94, after the genocide, everyone came back to Rwanda. But I was born in Rwanda. I'm Burundi and grew up in Burundi. So you were, wow. You were yeah, born. I was born in Burundi. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yes? Nina. Nina, could you explain a little bit about the, we call it the egg project? Yes, we're going to, actually, is going to, is that okay? Yeah, Bethany comes yeah, on Bethany. No, you yeah, talk you about it. <laughs> tell us about the egg project, and Bethany will tell us again. Yes. Uh, well, the egg pro, uh, program is a program that actually we started when we went to share diocese. Um, many, like I said, women are the heart of the home. So women will go out to the garden to, uh, how do you call it? So they will leave their kids uh, outside of the house. The house will be locked because they don't want anyone to get in. So when we were walking around, uh, we started a program where we have our churches are closed, like the door here, um, Monday through Friday, except program that we have uh, during the week. So we started opening our churches to minister to children. So we minister to age three to six. The church is open Monday through Friday. The kids will come from 8.39 to 11.30, 12, learn God's word. Then uh, we had so many kids who were malnourished, you know, don't have food. Um, so they were given an egg. So we have 195 uh, churches opened uh, to minister to the children. So we have like 150 kids in each church every day of the week. But we have 30 churches or centers that are receiving the one egg. So the egg is given, you know, it might be five or ten kids in the program that needs the eggs, but you will not single out five kids from a hundred. So Every you know the whole center gets eggs, so we get we give them an egg a day and a hard, uh, hard boiled hard hard egg, egg and to see those that. kids when they're cracking the eggs and eating it is just a joy. And that program has been a wonderful way of a church 
doing good in the community. We don't do it just for Anglican kids. We did it for the community, and that has multiplied the number of people attending our churches. Because they saw your deeds. They yes. saw these yes. are churches that care about our family. I care about people, and yes. And care about our children, yes. and care that our children don't go hungry. Yes. And so they come back on Sundays, right? Yes, yes they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. So, And we get to partner with them in that in a special way that Bethany is going to tell us about in a minute. Actually, Bethany, why don't you come up and tell us about that and some other things that are available in the bookstore. Well, if you stay right here. Sorry. <laughs> don't move. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> um, so if you go after the luncheon into the bookstore, you'll see we have four different items right now that we sell, and it benefits in two ways. Um, first is we bought all of the items from the Mother's Union. And so the Mother's Union has lots of different ministries, but one of them in the Shear Diocese, right outside of the cathedral and right outside where the bishop and Chantal live, um, they have a little storefront that the women manage that has a lot of different goods that were made in Rwanda, as well as um, a sewing seamstress shop. And so, well, the people that are wearing the outfits that were made in Rwanda stand up. <laughs> There's three of us, three of them. I didn't wear mine, I forgot. But so Shirley's skirt was made by the, the women in the Mother's Union. Elizabeth's dress and Elna's skirt. Um, was this one made too, or was that a special one? No, that was a, a special one. Okay. <laughs> a special one. Um, but there's just really neat things. And so we were able, when you go and you see the women that are sewing, you know, some have their children with them. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's a really special yeah. thing. So right now we have available the soapstone eggs that are for $50. And that supports two children for an entire school year. And through that, we were able to sponsor, we sponsored one and then they started one um, outside of Reconciliation Village, which is a really neat area in Kenyababa. Kenyababa. Yes. Um, Yeah, thank you. And so um, if you want to see pictures, I bet anyone that went on the trip has pictures on their phone that you can see afterwards. Yes. Yeah, Elna, will you tell your story? Elna got to see... um, Got to see this in action, and she is really sweet. Yeah, come right here. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll put it at the just, You won't have to worry about it. At all. What amazed me is we went to this church, and there were 150 children. There were three teachers. They sat just like you're sitting right now for over an hour. Now they did do a little singing, song and dance. But when we started passing out the eggs, we passed them, and I would get to a certain. I got to a certain point. And I didn't have one for Deborah. I, I had to go, I mean, there was plenty for her. And the children just sat there. There was no grabbing. There was no pushing. There was no shoving. They waited there. And then when they got their eggs, if you couldn't open your egg, children would put their eggs in their lap and reach over and help. I would help Deborah open her egg. And then I'd go back and open mine and eat it. And I was standing there, and one little boy had just eaten all the white of his egg. And he had the yoke in his hand, and he looked at me, and he folded it up and, and offered me the yoke, which just totally did me in. It just, um, which it is was, the best part. <laughs> which is that, that that generosity, was, right? Yeah, it was the, the best part. And it was just, his faith being shown by his deeds? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, I did not take it, but <laughs> he really, I mean, he really, it just, it was just, it was a spontaneous thing. It was just really amazing. So. Thank you, Elna. That's beautiful. So if you're interested in partnering, we still have plenty more eggs that you can purchase in the bookstore. And even if we were not there, I have some in my office, so don't worry, you will have your opportunity. But we also bought a few other items. So we have little ornaments um, that are um, woven that you can put on your Christmas tree. 
Um, and then we also have some small baskets and large baskets. And so all of those proceeds will go towards the One Egg Project and were purchased by the mother team. Thank you. Um, and actually, I'm going to ask you to stay right here for a second. We've talked about the partnership with Rwanda, and as a church, we're partnering with this particular diocese, the Shira Diocese. If you're not aware of this, we've talked about it a little bit today. Bethany, will you tell us in uh, 30 seconds what partnership means <laughs> and looks like for us as a church in partnering with the Diocese of, Rwanda, of Shira? Yeah. Um, so the first time that I visited Rwanda was with Lauren and Andrew and Jim and Julie Goyer. And when I, two years ago, and when I came back, I met with Andrew and said, we've got to figure out what we bring to this relationship because we're the one that's in the receiving place. Um, Because that was, after that first year, what we learned is that we have so much to learn about forgiveness, um, about dependence on the Holy Spirit, about um, what true joy, true faith, and true hope looks like, really acted out. Um, and this uh, wonderful spirit of hospitality and gener- generosity. So we partner financially, um, but really I'd say that's the smallest piece of our partnership. We have this opportunity through prayer um, and mutual prayer. When we went, we were being told how much we were being prayed for in the same way that we pray for the Shira Diocese. So it's this beautiful example of um, how we get to know the Lord better through our relationship mm-hmm. with each other. Mm-hmm. That's one of the that's perfect. Well, this is having you here then with us today is part of the partnership, isn't it? And you've blessed us so greatly through sharing about how the Lord is working through you and through the Mother's Union and um, through the way the Lord is strengthening families. Um, and in very practical ways, our gospel is a practical gospel mm-hmm. that plays itself out in Indeed, too. And so thank you for your word about that. The Lord's word to us. Here's a small token of appreciation from us. It's it's too small um, to, to give thanks. But um, but let's also, let's say a prayer right now. Let's bow our heads and pray. And I even love for us, I know this is cheesy, but I, I'm going to reach a hand out and touch her on the shoulder. If you'd like to just reach your hand out as a sign of blessing upon uh, upon Chantal and upon uh, Bishop and upon her whole family and not only her whole family but her whole diocese upon uh, mommy. And so Lord Jesus we thank you and praise you for your work through your daughter Chantal whom you call by name. Thank you Lord that she is mommy to so many, to her 31 children, mm-hmm. to the thousands of women, the 4,000 women that come together as a part of this beautiful fellowship of the Mother's Union. And we thank you, Lord, for the way you have uh, fulfilled the words of Jean's too in their lives, that they believe in you, they put their whole trust in you, and that you work through them powerfully, through your Holy Spirit, to minister to others. And then others see and know and think, wow, there's something about that. There's something about that person. I want to know who they worship. And they turn to you in faith. And so we ask, Lord, that you would continue to strengthen and uphold your servant in this work. Thank you, Lord, for these years of serving as bishop's wife. And thank you, Lord, for uh, the time of rest, Lord willing, that's coming after all this labor in the vineyard. I ask, Lord, that you would continue to bless uh, Chantal and her husband as they finish well during this term and this time as bishop. And then, Lord, that you would give them rest and a Sabbath before you bring them into the next work that you have before them. Thank you, Lord, for their children, for Erica, for Eric, for Edwin. Thank you, Lord, for the work you're doing in their lives. Um, And we thank you, Lord, for the joy that we have as 
sisters in Christ, to be together, to hear from your word, to share in the same faith, to share in the same work, and to look forward to that final day when we'll be with you eternally in the new Jerusalem. We thank you, Lord, for the foretaste of heaven that we got today, that we will get to worship you eternally together. And so, Lord, we thank you that this partnership, this sisterhood begins here on earth and will continue on through eternity. So again, we ask, Lord, that you would send forth your servant, Chantal, with your blessing upon her, with joy in her heart, with peace, knowing that she has preached your word to us. Um, and we ask, Lord, that you would send us also out with that same joy and peace. Um, and by the power of your own Holy Spirit, Lord, would you accomplish your work in our lives, in our families, in our marriages, through our children, through the work you put before us vocationally, and in our church, Lord, would you cause us to be light and salt and peace? Would you cause us to bear fruit mm. in keeping with repentance? Mm. And we ask this all in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.